0: Jesus has just told three parables about the kingdom of heaven, the last one emphasizing the importance of faith in gaining entry to this blessed state. Now he speaks of the conduct expected of faithful people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. Jesus said... When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And He will put the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. Then the King will say to those at His right hand, Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the least of one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And those will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Thank you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Truly I tell you, Just as you did it for one of the least of these who are the members of my family, you did it for me. At one of the schools I used to teach across the bridge, it was a parochial school. And so there were all kinds of different ways that they would show their faith. And I remember in one of the math classes, One of the teachers had at the top of the wall a quotation all the way around her room. And it said, it was a quote actually from Gustavo Gutierrez, who is also a Dominican. And it said, You say you love the poor, name them. That always bothered me. You know? I mean, because for what we do, we take good care of people. But in the world in which we live, we tend really to work on the level of programs and offices. And like, for instance, we take really good care of the homeless of Caroline County by our partnership with His Hope Ministries. And we make our efforts to connect with them, to meet them through, tonight I think is the decorating. We're going to have a gift exchange. We have meals with them in order to get to know them. So, and frankly, if I were hungry, or naked or homeless, I would just be glad to get a gift, not really worrying too much about the real motives people have for helping each other out. So, you know, it tends to, when we read this gospel, it's really easy to first of all, get really scared and say, I hope I'm a, I hope i I was going to say shrimp, I hope I'm a sheep rather than a goat. And you know what, it's only this year that I realized that goats are different animals than sheep. I always thought that goats were male sheep. (laughs) I'm from Baltimore, so. But a seminary professor taught me that when we hear parables, Jesus tells us, the parables are really about the kingdom of God and really about who Jesus is and only secondarily about who we are. So we don't have to sit here and say, well, I certainly hope I'm a sheep because, you know, I mean, those, those rams or the, the goats, are, they're getting crispy and, you know, we, we don't want anything with that. We do a fine job caring for others now there can be a lot of different motivations for that craig and i are from baltimore and we certainly ran into our share of people who were demanding or asking for food something to drink some money some help and frankly sometimes you just donate out of a certain awkwardness. You're just put in a position where it's just awkward not to give. But you're still giving, and that's perfectly fine. In fact, many people who are asking for something will put us in a very awkward position in order to get something from us. And, you know, they're still walking away sated. So that's perfectly fine. But... I think what Jesus is getting at in this parable is really illustrated by what you did for the least of the others you did for me. Now, in seminary, they taught us pay careful attention to prepositions. I guess if it were a Lutheran seminary, it would be propositions, like all 95 of them, but in the seminary, pay attention to prepositions. What you did for the least of others you did for me and take it very much to heart one of my heroes when i was growing up was named dorothy day and she frankly couldn't keep herself out of prison She founded the Catholic Worker Movement, where she would feed and clothe and accompany and care for people of all sorts of different highways and byways. And then she would protest about the conditions that would bring people to destitution or to oppression. She once wrote, in prison, in a letter, all through those weary first days in jail when I was in solitary confinement. The only thoughts that brought comfort to my soul were those lines in the Psalms that expressed the terror and misery of man suddenly stricken and abandoned. Solitude and hunger and weariness of spirit, these sharpened my perception so that I suffered not only my own sorrows, but the sorrows Of those about me. I was no longer myself. I was human. I was no longer a young girl, part of a radical movement seeking justice for the oppressed. I was the oppressed. I was that drug addict screaming and tossing in her cell, beating her head against the wall. I was also that shoplifter who for rebellion was sentenced to solitary. I was that woman who killed her lover and had murdered her children. The blackness of hell was all about me. The sorrows of the world encompassed me. I was like one gone down into the pit. Hope had forsaken me I was that mother whose child had been raped and slain. I was the mother who had borne the monster who had done it. I was even that monster, feeling in my own heart every abomination." As you know, this is the last Sunday in our liturgical year. So the year as Christians in a liturgical in a ritual church follows the life of Christ and we are coming to the end of our readings in the Gospel of Matthew and next week we will be preparing for Advent where we prepare for the incarnation where Jesus the Word of God becomes human becomes enfleshed becomes one of us who as we read in the Scripture, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was a stranger. I was naked. I was sick and in prison. And so that is going to be the clue of what this parable really is about. Putting together that amazing sense of empathy, that deep sense of solidarity that Dorothy Day had talked about, and then putting together the preparation for the incarnation teaches us what the kingdom is about when we care for others. Because I always believe that as humans, we have all kinds of mixed motives. I said earlier that you may give to somebody who's hungry because you're in an awkward situation. Sure, that might be right, but there are other reasons as well. And I think for people who care, for people who are truly human and aware, for people like you and me, there is a real element of, I put myself In your place. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be thirsty. I know what it's like to be lonely or to be away from people you love. I've been sick before and I hate it and I'm going to make some effort to help you out because I'm able to identify With your situation. We call that empathy, compassion. Not pity, we're not condescending to somebody, but rather saying, I can put myself in your position as best I can. And that is holy. That is the willingness to love, that is drawing yourself out of yourself and your ordinary concerns, and putting yourself in the position of someone else, for even how short of a time that may be, and to make an effort to identify with someone else, someone who is a stranger, but someone who is hungry Thirsty, afraid, alone, sick, alienated, or a stranger. And I think at that moment, there is a short moment of communion where my spirit makes an effort to reach out to someone else's spirit that I make some effort, internally perhaps, or maybe externally, to for a short moment, to carry a burden with someone else. That moment is communion, and that moment is holy. And at that moment, incarnation happens. Because the good news of this parable is not only are the hungry fed and the thirsty given something to drink and the sick and the imprisoned are visited but what the good news is is that they are precisely Christ's or put a different way Christ chooses to make himself present among the hungry and the sick and the lonely, and the alienated, and the imprisoned. And therefore, our communion with somebody in need, that holy ground we step on, when we make the effort to identify with them as best as we possibly can through empathy, through compassion, dare we say love, is a moment of incarnation. Where we make Christ present. Because where two or more are gathered in His name, in love, in empathy, in compassion, in communion, in reaching out, in putting someone else's needs in front of our own, that is godly. It may be for a fraction of a second, but on the other hand, it may be enough to sustain us. So I think the real truth of this gospel is not, well, certainly feed the hungry and clothe the naked. I mean, that's yeah, that's important. Let's not write that off. But don't worry whether you're a sheep or a shrimp or a ram or um, not a ram, the, um, the goat. Sam um, Baltimore. We don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. But instead, accept the holy ground that is offered to you and your family and your friends and people present themselves to you in need and be grateful for that moment of incarnation when God freely chooses to step into our world and align himself not only with the hungry and the poor and the imprisoned and the sick and the lonely but also stands in solidarity with us as well. As Sarah Miles of Modern Day, Dorothy Day once said, of the gospel, what I heard and continue to hear is a voice that can crack religious and political convictions open, that advocates for the least qualified, least official, least likely. Christianity proclaims against reason that the hungry will be fed, those who cast down will be raised up, and that all things, including my own failures, are being made new. It offers food without exception to the worthy and unworthy, the screwed up and the pious, and then commands all of us to do the same. It doesn't promise to solve or ease suffering, but to transform it, pledging that by loving one another, even through pain, we will find more life. And it insists that by opening ourselves to strangers, the despised or frightening or unintelligible other, we will see more and more of the holy sense Without exception, all people are one body, gods. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.